fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 8 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan, my name is Brandon. So first and foremost, before we jump into the episode, I do want to say rest in peace Vinnie Paul. My thoughts and prayers go out to your friends and family. I cannot even imagine being in their shoes. Um, As a fan, I was devastated this past week woke up to the news and my heart sunk. Um, I actually recorded a Metallicast Mini that came out a handful of days ago. Uh, So we're not going to go into a lot of my feelings and memories of Vinnie Paul and Pantera because I already did that in the mini episode. But I did want to say one more time, thank you for your music and rest in peace. If you have not yet listened to that mini episode about Vinnie Paul, you can check it out anywhere you found this episode, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, YouTube, our home site, fansonexpress.com, and Playapod. On a lighter note, I actually want to shout out Playapod. For those of you who do not know, Playapod is a great service where you can find all the podcasts that you love, including this one here, and they have been a big supporter of Metallicast on Twitter. You can follow them on there at Playapod. Whenever I need a retweet, they are there to support and help spread the word of the Metallicast militia in hopes that one day we have world domination. I also want to shout out Metallica themselves. They recently accepted the Polar Music Prize. Very cool. Uh, if you've not had a chance to go online and check out the speeches and the performances, you should do so. A lot of cool Metallica covers. Tobias Forge of Ghost, the singer, he teamed up with members of Candlemass. They did a great rendition of Inter Sandman. And a lot of the other covers were very out there, very different sounding in terms of arrangement. So very cool stuff. Even if you do not like the performances, I think you'll find it very interesting. Definitely go into it with an open mind. It's not all metal. In fact, I'm going to be closing out this episode with one of the covers from the Polar Music Prize ceremony, which... I enjoyed, and it was definitely, a, as I said, a different take on a Metallica song. Also, at the end of this episode, stay tuned for a big announcement for the summer. I'm going to be doing something special with Metallica starting next week, July 4th week. So stay tuned to the end of the episode so I can announce that. Now, without further ado, let's jump in to our episode 8 topic I get to talk about my favorite punk band of all time and their connections to the mighty Metallica. I'm talking about the Misfits. The first time I ever heard of the Misfits, it was because of Metallica. I remember looking at old pictures of the band and them wearing Misfits shirts. And I remember the Crimson Ghost, the Misfits mascot, their logo there. Remember Cliff Burton having a tattoo of that on his arm. And then, of course, there were the cover songs. Last Caress, Green Hell, Die, Die, My Darling. But I only knew the Metallica versions until I was in 8th grade. I remember sitting in science class next to my best friend Nick. And behind us there were a couple skateboard kids who were super into punk. So we would talk about music all the time. A lot of the times we were having friendly arguments about which was better, metal or punk. But in reality... If the band was good, the four of us liked it all. And I remember one of the kids sitting behind us, his name was Matt. He told me about how he went to the record store and he bought two CDs, Collection 1 and Collection 2 of The Misfits. And I was like, I know of that band because of the Metallica covers, but I never actually heard that band before. So... 
with all the Metallica connections and liking the cover songs and now this kid in my class telling me about how awesome they were, I wanted to find out for myself. So I remember he brought in a CD with his disc man and I listened to a few seconds of it in school one day and I was like, I'm going out and I'm buying both these CDs today. And that is exactly what I did. I bought Collection 1 and Collection 2 of the Misfits. And little did I know at the time, this was a start of a high school obsession I had with Glenn Danzig and his music. I dove headfirst into the Misfits. My favorite Misfits songs are the ones that sound innocent, kind of poppy and catchy. Glenn Danzig singing in that wannabe Elvis Presley croon of his. And it sounds like sweet, innocent fun until you listen to the lyrics and they're about murder, violent sex, decapitation, just super brutal lyrics from the twisted mind of Mr. Danzig. And then I remember hearing about his second band called Salwin, which I believe is the proper way to pronounce it, I think it's its proper Gaelic pronunciation, and it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I, and I remember at the time I was getting into The Misfits, those albums were out of print, but when I was in high school in 2000, they re-released all the Samhain albums in a box set, and I was so obsessed with Danzig at the time that I went out the first day and bought that box set. And then, of course, there was the band Danzig itself, best known probably for the song Mother. But I really got into the first four Danzig albums. That was sort of a phase. At 33 years old now, I still love The Misfits. And I will still listen to The Misfits, especially come Halloween time, October. love blasting those classics. Samhain I never got super into. It was sort of misfits, but without the fun. And Danzig was more of a phase for me. I still go back once in a while, listen to a song or two. But most of the time now at 33 years old, sadly, Glenn Danzig has become a bit of a punchline for my friends and I. Um, Sort of similar to Dave Mustaine because they both just sound and act crazy and little douchey and... You know, Danzig has this wannabe, macho, everything's evil and satanic image, which is just ridiculous and over the top and kind of makes him a parody of himself. So he's an easy target. He's an easy punchline. Um, But I will forever treasure his role in my musical discovery and development. And I will forever love the Misfits. To this day, they are my favorite punk band and I owe that because of the Metallica covers and I know that there are a lot of other people out there who also never heard of the Misfits until they got into Metallica same thing with Diamond Head so many bands benefited from the success of Metallica and one could argue even that all this Misfits merchandise that you see at stores like Hot Topic and just in pop culture in general and them doing this massive reunion show selling out these huge venues in full in front of thousands of people with overpriced tickets i'll talk about that in a in a little bit but you can make the argument that none of that would have happened without metallica in fact doyle the guitarist of the misfits said as much, I found an interview with him where he said, and I quote, uh, well, let me give credit first. So this is from, I found this on bravewords.com in an article posted November 15th, 2017. And the quote from Doyle is, I think Cliff Burton turned the whole world onto the misfits. If he didn't, we wouldn't be doing these reunions. I found another article from talktomepod.com uh, this was pub- this was an interview that was published April 29th 2017 and Doyle and I quote again 
Cliff Burton had a lot to do with the popularity of the Misfits. When people like me grow up and get super into Metallica as they're growing up and discovering new music and discovering new bands, seeing all those band pictures of Cliff Burton in a Misfit shirt, James Hatfield in a Samhain shirt, hearing the cover songs like I've said, all this seeps into your brain and you soak it all in and some of it stays and some of it does not. With me and with a lot of other metalheads, I think the music of the Misfits stayed with them. There is a book that comes with the Samhain box set that I mentioned before. And there is a write-up by London May who played in the band. And this is a paragraph from what London May wrote. Though our stage persona was that of darkness and violence, our offstage demeanor was unusually social and lighthearted. We cooled off after shows with pranks, girls, and parties. We were always very accommodating and friendly with our fans and would stand till the last ticket stub was signed. Many of my best friends today are guys and girls I met at our shows in the 80s. Traveling and meeting cool people were the best perks of touring. One time I met this dude, Cliff Burden, who was wearing one of my handmade Samhain armbands. He raved, he raved about Samhain, using its proper Gaelic pronunciation, and wanted my autograph. I didn't even know who he was. Cliff Burden said in an interview by Harold O. that was published in Thrash Metal in Germany, Rock Hard, in 1986. It is asked of him, how about your top five albums? And Cliff goes, uh, top five albums. Well, let's just say top five bands. And in addition to Thin Lizzy, he says, and I quote, everything by Glenn Danzig, which is The Misfits or Samhain, all of his shit. Now, obviously, 1986 was before the band Danzig got underway and he reached his massive solo success in the early 90s with Mother and a couple other songs, but Mother being the big one. And I always thought that Cliff Burden would have loved to see Danzig reach that success. i not one of those people who wonder a lot about how Metallica would be the same or different if Cliff Burden stayed alive. Of course, I think that sometimes, and I wonder that sometimes. But I do wonder if he was around for the success of the Black Album, saw Danzig become successful, one of his all-time favorite musicians, have the opportunity to tour with the band Danzig, I just would like to think that Cliff Burton would really love all of that. And a cool side note about the band Danzig is that on their first album, there are two songs where Mr. James Heffield himself does background vocals. He was uncredited on the album because of contractual reasons, but you can hear him doing background on the songs Twist of Cain and possession. Here is Heffield doing background vocals on the song Twist of Cain. And here is Heffield doing background vocals on the song Possession. So I had the opportunity to see Danzig perform Misfit songs on two occasions. The first time I saw him, he was doing a solo tour. I saw him at the Roxy in Boston, Massachusetts. And even though it was a solo show, he was reuniting with Doyle. So it was not a full Misfits reunion, but he was reuniting with the Misfits guitarist. And a half hour of his set was going to be dedicated solely to Misfit songs. So me and my buddy Greg, who is also a huge Misfits fan and who is also the main friend I make fun of Danzig with. <laughs> we jumped at the chance to get the tickets. We went. It was awesome. The solo set, it was okay. We left early, to be honest with you. Once we heard Mother, we were like, peace. But the 30 minutes that he played 
with Doyle and did nothing but Misfit songs. For the two of us, that was worth every penny we spent to go. He did make a really douchey comment, though. As I said, Danzig needs to be a wannabe macho guy. And this was sort of during the period where a lot of people were hating on Metallica. You know, this was not long after Load, Reload, Grudging, S&M, that whole late 90s era where they really changed up their sound and their look. So Danzig, being the douche that he is, said, This is the song that Metallica ruined. And then they broke into Die, Die, My Darling. Whatever, Danzig. Go buy Kitty Litter or Move Bricks or something. Um, and then I was able to see the actual Misfits, the original Misfits, reunite Danzig, Doyle, and Jerry only with Dave Lombardo from Slayer on Drums. They did their New Jersey show a few months back in April. Their home state of New Jersey, may I add. And I spent way too much money, as I mentioned before. GA4 tickets were over $200. My friends and I decided not to spend that, but we did spend over $100 for the first section of seats right off the floor. It was great, though. It, they sounded way too loud. The mix sounded like a hot mess, but it was punk rock. It was raw. It was a lot of energy. Yes, they're getting older. Danzig was huffing and puffing <gasps> between songs. I think he needed an oxygen tank, but <laughs> it was an awesome, awesome show. And I'm glad that I spent the money. I'm glad that I went. That could have been a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. Who knows if they're going to play any more shows. I also had the opportunity to see Metallica cover a couple of the Misfit songs live. So the first time I saw Metallica, it was I was in high school. It was part of the 2000 Summer Sanitarium Tour. And they did their set. They came out, did their planned encore. Now the lights are up. They're throwing their guitar picks and drumsticks out. They are dumb, but the crowd is not going. We are not budging. So they played an unplanned second encore. And if memory serves me correctly, they did both Last Caress and Die, Die, My Darling. It was awesome. So now with that said, I want to transition to breaking down the cover songs themselves. Starting with Last Caress and Green Hill. I remember the first time I heard Last Caress. Like I said before, I first heard the Metallica version. And similar to the first time I heard their cover of So What, I was like, what the hell is Hatfield singing? I got something to say, I killed your baby today, and it doesn't matter much to me as long as it's dead. I got something to say, I raped your mother today, and it doesn't matter much to me as long as she's spread. Holy crap. This is what I love about Misfits. The song itself is catchy, little poppy, and then they got those really fucked up lyrics that Danzig wrote. Like I said before, super brutal, very violent, very dark, but in a weird, twisted way, fun. And the Metallica version is pretty straightforward from the Misfits version. Their version's maybe a little tighter, a little heavier because it has that signature Metallica crunch that we all know and love the band for. Out of all their Misfits covers, this is by far their most well-known, their most recognizable. If you go to Metallica.com and you go to music, you can look at all the songs that they've ever recorded and some that they've never actually even recorded that they have just played live. And it has all these statistics of when the song was performed live, how many times it's been performed live. So according to Metallic.com, Last Caress was first played live on February 13th, 1987 in Gothenburg, Sweden. And it was last performed live on May 11th, 2018 in Finland. And it has been performed a total of 803 times. I would imagine that with the 
probable exception of Am I Evil, that Last Caress is their most performed cover song in a live setting. They have done this song so many times that they even did an acoustic version of it back when they were doing an acoustic set. If anybody ever saw Metallica Reload Rehearse Request back in the day on MTV, they started with a acoustic set and they performed an acoustic version of Last Caress. And here it is. It's okay because uh, I got someone to say. This was surprisingly not the only time Metallica performed Last Caress on MTV. Now, thinking back to when I was watching Reload Rehearse Request live on air, I'm pretty sure that they censored out some of the lyrics. Or at least on replays of it, they censored out some of the lyrics. Like, it would be, I got something to say, I... Your baby today in it, or I got something to say. I your mother today in it. So I seem to have that memory. This version that I played, that I found on YouTube, obviously did not have any censorship, but I seem to recall that was not the case, at least on the replays, because you know how MTV was and probably still is. They just replay the crap out of anything and everything, but. Anyways, my original point was this was not the only time that they performed Last Caress on music television back when it was actually music television. In 1996, at the MTV European Video Music Awards, Metallica was scheduled to play the song King Nothing, of course, off the Load album. It was their new single out at the time. 
and they decided as a band, not to the knowledge of anybody at MTV, they decided to make a last-minute change and played both Last Caress and So What. That was a nice little F you to everybody. And the recording of Last Caress, of course, appears as half of a medley, Misfits medley, the other half being the song Green Hell. Both originally appeared on the long out-of-print 1987 EP, Garage Days Re-Revisited, which was recently remastered and re-released for not a lot of money, but more than the original $5.98 that the cover claimed it would cost. And can also be found, of course, on disc two of Garage Inc. But anyways, here is the second half of the medley, the fastest most brutal Misfits cover Metallica has done to date. Green Hell! I think that Green Hell is a Metallica cover that a lot of diehard fans always want to see live because as much as we love Am I Able and Last Caress, we've seen that a lot. Green Hell, on the other hand, again, going back to the live stats that Metallica.com has, has only been performed 11 times. 11 times. The first time it was performed live was in New Jersey in 1989. And then the last time was in 2011 in their hometown of San Francisco, California. I love this cover. This is arguably one of my favorite Metallica covers. I think it just rips. The original Misfits version also completely rips. This appeared on an album released by the Misfits in 1983 called Earth AD. And this was a little bit of a departure from their previous albums. So... You know, I talked about a lot of my favorite Misfits songs are the catchy, kind of poppy ones with really fucked up lyrics. Well, Earth AD was just their version of like a thrash, almost hardcore album. It was heavier, it was faster, it was messier, it was more raw, it was just a lot more bonkers compared to what even came before. And... The Metallica cover is pretty close to the Misfits cover. Again, it's tighter. Metallica is just a tighter band, more technically proficient than the Misfits were and still are, I think. But pretty close to the original nonetheless. And I hope that they start pulling this one out more to perform. I would love to see the Last Crest Green Hell medley back in the set. They've only done that a handful of times as far as I know. I also want to note that at the end of the last Caress Green Hell medley, which ends the Garage Days re-revisited EP, that the band breaks into an Iron Maiden jam. They play the beginning of Run to the Hills, and then it just sort of gets more and more out of tune and falls apart. But that's just a little interesting side note that I know Mike from Maiden Fan Podcast and fansonexperts.com would appreciate me saying that, so... There you go, Mike. Never say I never did anything for you, you piece of shit. And just to compare, Green Hell came out in 1987. The Metallica version, that is, came out in 1987. Die, Die, My Darling did not come out to Garage Inc. in 1998. And that version has already been performed a whole lot more. So Die Die My Darling, according to Metallica.com, has been performed live by the band 120 times. First performed in L.A. on October 18th, 1998. And again, same as Last Caress, was performed in Finland back in May of 2018. Now, I think Die Die My Darling is a perfect example of how violent and dark yet fun Mitzvah's lyrics can be. 
Die, 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 my darling. Don't utter a single word. Die, 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 my darling. Just shut your pretty eyes. I'll be seeing you again. I'll be seeing you in hell. So don't cry to me, oh baby. Your future's in an oblong box. Don't cry to me, oh baby. Should have seen it a coming on. Don't cry to me, oh baby. I don't know what was in your cards. Don't cry to me, oh baby. Dead end zone for a dead end girl. Don't cry to me, oh baby. Now your life drains on that floor. Don't cry to me, oh baby. What a beautiful, beautiful love song. This is, I think, sort of one of the first actually violent love songs. I feel like that is a theme that comes up in metal a lot. Where it's like, I loved you so much, I killed you type of thing. I know Anthrax has a song like that. The song title is escaping me at the moment, but it's a John Bush era song. Somebody hit me up on social media and let me know what song I'm thinking of. It was on Return of the Killer A's. John Bush is singing. Let me know the goddamn song. But anyways, that is a popular theme in metal. And to my knowledge, this is the first or definitely one of the first songs that sort of is a I love you and I brutally killed you type of song and it's just catchy da 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 my darling has that sort of innocent pop melody that i keep mentioning metallica version again pretty similar as raw of a production as the garage ink version is i mean the misfits version sounds like it was recorded with like a single mic in a basement somewhere which is quite possibly the case I always loved, at the beginning of the Metallica version, the burp that Hetfield lets out when Lars is doing the count in. Um, not sure why, just one of those things that <laughs> I heard and it always stuck with me. But even though these are the only three Misfit songs Metallica has recorded, of course, the ones we just went over, Last Caress, Green Hell, Die, Die, My Darling, there is one more, at least one more Misfit song that I discovered that they jammed on live. Hey James, I'll give you some lessons later, okay? No, motherfucker. Now we're completely lost. <laughs> what do you mean now we're lost? We've been lost all fucking night. <laughs> That was Metallica in 1992 in Inglewood, California, doing a very loose, to say the least, jam of the Misfits song, London Dungeon. They actually performed this song in its entirety in 1994. Danzig was opening up for Metallica, which I mentioned earlier in the episode, and they brought him out on the last night to do a few Misfits covers. They would go on to do Last Crescent Green Hell, but they would start with London Dungeon. Here it is. I got to uh, unfortunately say goodbye to Danzig on the tour. They've had a lot of fun out here and we've had fun having them. So uh, I'm going to bring a few out here and uh, maybe do a, do a song or two with them.
Now, this is not the only time that Metallica performed on stage with Glenn Danzig. They also performed with them at their 30th anniversary shows in 2011. They did a whole week, I believe at the Fillmore. Every night was a different set. At the end of the week, they had performed almost every recorded Metallica song. They had a bunch of guests. They performed a lot of covers with the original artists on stage, including Die, Die, My Darling, Last Caress, and Green Hell with Glenn Danzig. So here is all three of those songs from Metallica 30th Anniversary Shows.
They sure do love their London Dungeon Jams. So, Misfits, my favorite punk band. Huge influence and inspiration on Metallica. Metallica, of course, took the traditional sounds of heavy metal and mixed it with punk rock and helped create the genre of thrash metal. And Misfits, I would say, is their biggest influence from a punk perspective and misfits have been a huge influence on a lot of metal bands and just straight up rock bands like guns and roses who did a misfits cover of their own but with this episode coming to a close that means it is time for me to make my big summer announcement so starting next week the week of july 4th i will be releasing one episode a week as part of the In Summer for All series. And basically, each episode will focus on a single song from the Injustice for All album leading up to the 30th anniversary of the Justice album in August. So I'm going to be going chronological order, meaning I'll start with track one next week, Blackened, and I'll be ending in August with the last track on the album, Dyer's Eve. I'm hoping I can get some guest hosts involved in some of the episodes. Maybe even do an episode or two live online, like via Facebook Live or something of that sort. I'm going to explore options. I'm willing to hear from you, the Metallicast Militia. If you have any cool suggestions, please hit me up on social media. If you can think of the name of that damn Anthrax song, also hit me up on social media. I am at Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I want to shout out the Metallicast Militia for helping spread the word and for your continued support. You know, my numbers in terms of downloads and subscriptions are small compared to other podcasts. Metal Up Your Podcast, for example, crushes me. And I'm not saying that as, you know, anything other than a fact. But Metallicast, in the six months it's been around, has already surpassed and done more in terms of downloads and subscription numbers than I ever thought it would. So thank you, and I hope with your continued support, we can continue to grow. 
and built towards world domination. Even if it takes 10 years, let's do it. So again, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MetallicastPod. Coming next week in summer for all. Hit me up with your suggestions. We'll be starting next week with Color World Black Earned. You'll be able to find all those episodes. Same where you found this one. Same where you can find all the past episodes on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, YouTube, PlayPod, and of course our home site, fansnotexperts.com. As always, I want to end with the Metallica cover. I said at the start we would do one from the Polar Music Prize ceremony. So this is a group called Loney Deer, L-O-N-E-Y-D-E-A-R, Loney Deer, and they are doing a cover of No Leaf Clover with a little Wherever I May Roam added in. So here it is. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, middle up your ass. Yeah! In Summer for All, coming next week. The album named Metallica, also known as the Black Album, was released in 1991. And here the band explored a deeper sound and deeper emotions and uh, this album was instantly embraced not only by their existing fan base but also by a new broader audience and in 1999 they expanded their sound and their audience even more with the collaboration with the San Francisco Symphony and from this album Symphony and Metallica, we will hear the beautiful and furious No Leaf Clover, performed by Swedish pop star Loni Deer. And it feels right this time This crash course with the big time Pay no mind, distant thunder Beauty fills his head with wonder Says it feels right this time
Fabs not experts.